Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Here today with the very banged up and beat up Dr. Millicent <laughs> Ravello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, despite the fact that somebody in this room gave me two black eyes last week. <laughs> you know, you better not say anything to anybody about that <laughs> because I think I might get in trouble for domestic office abuse. <laughs> that I asked for and paid for. You did ask for it. That's true. You did ask for it. But you're doing well. And that's why this podcast will not be video available. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but we are going to talk about it. It brought us to sort of advanced treatments for the post-operative facial plastic surgery patient. Right, because there are all the things that we had talked about before and how to recover from our various surgeries. And those podcasts are out there, the things you need to do in that post-operative time period. But these are like those extra things that you can add on that will really shorten your recovery time and get you back into functioning life, back into your work a little bit faster. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm pretty impressed with, you know, first off, the V-beam laser. The V-beam laser is pretty impressive. So this is a laser that typically is used to treat vascular malformations. So patients that have, you know, rosacea, that may have some kind of birth congenital a vascular, or something. right, yeah. you know, malformation, it, it gets the red out, like, you know, all the other things. Yeah, port a, wine stains. Right. Yeah. Right, so it's a laser designed, it targets red pigment. It's not gonna do anything for brown pigment for age spots, it targets red pigmented lesions. And it's really great for the patient that has post-operative bruising. Purplish bruising that has some red in it, because it, it has to be, if it's just you know straight blue, I'm not sure how great that would be, but most are not, They're, there's obviously blood. And so we found some settings to kind of target that with yep. uh, the V-beam. Yep, and it's for someone that has, you know, post-op rhinoplasty, um, maybe some blepharoplasty, anything where there's some blood that's pooled in a certain area and they have, you know, bruising that they would like to get rid of. And the V-beam's really effective for that. And you can start that anywhere between like day five-ish post-op. That's really when sort of that bruising sets in. And you come in for a quick treatment, you get zapped just in the areas of bruising, maybe come back a couple days later to clean up whatever wasn't addressed the first time, but it significantly decreases the amount of time that you have bruising. Because generally, once you get a nice bruise on the face, it lasts for two weeks, easy before it goes away. And it goes through all kinds of color changes in the interim. And zapping I like it, the, the yellow, the bluish, green, greenish yeah, thing that you got really going on. It's really pretty. Like nice. around day like five, it's got this whole rainbow of colors. But maybe you don't want to go back out into the real world no. <laughs> looking like a rainbow bright around your eyes. So this decreases the amount of time to get that discoloration out of the bruise. We also wanted to mention hyperbaric oxygen, which we've done a full podcast on hyperbarics. Full podcast. And this is the treatment that's really going to help get that swelling down a little bit faster. And it's just going to get you over that post-operative hump a little bit sooner. Yeah, it, it's so for those of you that don't have time to go back and listen to that podcast, uh, what it is is you go in a chamber that is designed to basically treat they were originally designed to treat people with the bends mm -hmm. for people that came up divers that came up uh, from deep out uh, deep depths uh, too fast or 
or the guys who are working in caissons, which were pressurized uh, tunnels where you you know build tunnels under under rivers and and or you put in you know uh, big posts for you know big foundations for bridges. These caissons are pressurized, and if you come out too quickly, you get the bends, which is where nitrogen comes out of your joints, it goes into your bloodstream, you get very sick. Mm-hmm. And then they would put them into these hyperbaric chambers, and they would get them to to repressurize to the deep la- the nitrogen go back it they'd get better and then they could they depressurize could them appropriately because the hyperbaric chamber is basically 100% oxygen so room air what we normally breathe is 21% oxygen this hyperbaric chamber is 100% oxygen for for the divers that 100% oxygen would just knock the nitrogen out of their bloodstream because right. there was just more of the oxygen than there was the nitrogen but for the healing, it's really good because, again, you're getting way more oxygen in your bloodstream than you would otherwise. Right, and it goes to the area that's injured. So you, the, the medical indications and why there are so many hyperbaric centers is because people who have radiation injury from cancer treatments, diabetic foot ulcers, um, major limb replants, they, the hyperbaric oxygen helps those wounds to heal mm-hmm. more effectively, and that's why... Uh, in those cases, there, it's indicated that insurance will pay for it, and people it get will. get prescribed hyperbaric oxygen. Well, fast forward, wound healing is important to plastic surgery. That's how you get beautiful results in plastic yeah. surgery. Is We're you, kind of about you, it. That's right. It's a, it's ba- the battle of beauty and blood supply. That is plastic surgery, and so we want the wound healing and hyperbaric oxygen is great for your plastic surgery operation. I don't really have, I don't discriminate. I think anybody who has plastic surgery, it's not gonna hurt you to get hyperbaric oxygen. It's certainly not gonna hurt you. And it'll actually give you other benefits too. I mean, if it's not just that the extra oxygen is going to the injured tissues, it's going on all the tissues in your body. Yeah. So people have used it for anti-aging, they've used it just to overall feel better. So there is some benefit just to going and having it done. But in patients that have any kind of plastic surgery, whether or not they're having complications or not, it can only make things heal better. And we recommend it a lot just before there's any problems. Day one, day two after your surgery, go and get several rounds of hyperbarics. I guess then, thirdly, we wanted to talk about lymphatic massage for the face. Lymphatic massage of the face is not that widely discussed. Usually when we talk about lymphatic massage, we're talking about patients that have had some kind of body contouring procedure. They've had liposuction, a tummy tuck, and we really want to get the swelling out. We want to get all the fluid out of the body. We want to get them down to a smaller size, quicker, make things smoother. Well, the same thing applies to the face. It's just on a much smaller level. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's kind of the deal is that you want to get some activation of the lymphatic drainage of the face. And so by having somebody who's knowledgeable in where the lymph chains are and how to move fluid that way, you can get some of the swelling out sooner, mm-hmm. better healing. Yep. It, you know, one of the things that happens in facelift surgery, which we all hate, are hematomas. And when Ugh. they happen, they slow down the healing and they hurt the result. So we hate hematomas. Hate They're not a big deal per se, but they do slow things down the side that has the hematoma always heals slower than the other side and there's nothing you do about it it's part of doing facelift surgery you have to be okay with it if you're going to have it done and if you're going to do it you have to understand that management of hematomas are part of the deal but lymphatic massage can really improve the result can really help out and that's usually a 
like you said, someone trained in the treatments of lymphatic massage, you can also do it at your house. You know, get one yeah. of those jade rollers and some face oils, and you know, you That's can right. YouTube it. You can look to see. Basically, it's just draining from the center of your face out towards the ears. That's where the lymphatic channels are. And you just get that roller and you just go over your face very gently. The caveat here is if you've had any kind of fat crafting to your face, you don't want to start it too soon because the True. fat needs time to sort of get into position and and heal and take is what we call it, basically get some blood supply going to it. And if you start mashing on it too quickly before it's gotten its blood supply, you can kill it. So talk to your surgeon, talk to your doctor about when you are ready to have some lymphatic massage of the face. Yeah, especially if you've had facial implants too. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to dislodge those. <laughs> talk to your surgeon. <laughs> don't push those around. Say, hey doc, I was thinking about lymphatic massage. What do you think? You know, yes. for facelifts, I love it. Mid-face, brow, it's money. It totally helps. Yep. And then once you're sort of out of that initial few-week window, you know, you've done your V-beam, you've done your massages, you've done your hyperbarics, the next thing up is going to be scarring. If you've had a facial surgery, chances are you have scars somewhere. If they are in an area that's visible, if you had an open rhinoplasty, if you had a facelift and you have some scars around the ears, now you can talk about scar management. And so that's going to be with some kind of silicone gel, is what I recommend. And the kind that we have here has an extra SPF in it, because the other thing that's very detrimental to scars is sun exposure. And your face is probably exposed to the sun more than any area of your body. So for the first six months especially, be really diligent with your sun care. That means hats, it means sunscreen, it means being very careful with how much time you spend in the, in the sun. And here in Southern California, it's driving. If you are driving during the day, you are getting sun exposure. So wear your hats and use your SPF and your scar cream. And where, you know, the other thing too on that, just never mind your face, but gloves, gloves. your hands. I know a lot of people that are just tired of getting their hands fried while they're driving around. They wear gloves to keep them from getting toasted. Yep. I have a, a hand cream with SPF in my car that I put on before oh, I hit the road. There you go. Yep. Um, I drive at like five in the morning, so there's no sun. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, me too. But in the weekends when I'm driving around town, I'm like, oh, I'm going to yeah, put my yeah. SPF on. There you go. Or you can have driving gloves, and it can be a whole thing. You can have a hat with yeah. a scarf, and you can have some driving gloves. You can get, I, I even have driving shoes. Nice. It's taking it back to like 1920s era yeah. of driving. I am not surprised you have driving <laughs> shoes. You have shoes for everything. <laughs> That's your fashionista part of you. The, uh, yeah, I think those are really important things to, to consider as sort of adjunctive to your operation. And, you know, your surgeon's going to have different ideas about what you should do. So you got to talk to them about it. Communicate. It's all about the communication. I've had people do things that just make me go, where was that in the post-op instructions? Well, I Googled it. Uh, I had one, one <laughs> patient shoved one of those Navage things in their nose a week one after the rhinoplasty and trashed their their ailer base reconstruction, demolished their septum, mm. destroyed the operation, and and I and didn't tell me about it. Mm. So came back the first week, the the ailer base thing was flying in the breeze. I was like, oh, you must have had an infection. That's the only time that really happens like that, which is never. <laughs> so I had to blame it on that because, you know, nobody said, oh, by the way, I shoved a machine in my face and Oof. proceeded to wash your operation over and over again. Came back the second week, the nostril was ripped again after I'd repaired it. Huh. And the nose was 
way more swollen week two than it ever was before. Way more. And I, I went, something's wrong. I go, Some, what, what's going on? Like, what happened here? He said, oh, well, I read on the internet that it would be good to wash out my nose. Aww. I was like, did the internet do your surgery? <laughs> did, did I tell you to read the internet about the instructions to get instructions? I was like, oh my God. I, I, he's, and it was the most complicated, difficult nose. Oh, that hurts Twisted. my heart. Twisted way left deviated with a right deviated septum and drooping tip and i just was like oh my god i, I said i'm gonna have to redo this I, I said i don't i don't even know what where to begin like it's demolished mm. so i said it's got to heal and then we'll we'll fix it but it just isn't good a good don't don't go ask your surgeon Ask your surgeon. your I, surgeon did I the feel, surgery i feel bad because they're trying to help they're trying to move things along and the internet said but just Slow your roll on the Dr. Google and talk to your doctor surgeon. I mean, there's so much absolutely wrong. Not even just, just wrong. Wrong or information. That Capital R-O-N-G-U-E. Wrong, wrong information on the internet. Or, or information that just doesn't apply to you yeah. and what you had done. So, I, I don't know who would recommend that machine to a post-op patient. I'm sure it's great for your sinuses. No disrespect Maybe to the Navage. I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah. But I didn't do a sinuses. <laughs> I, I did his nose. So yeah, so please, for all you out there, ask your surgeon. What else? I think that's it. Just know that these options and these treatments are out there. Yeah. They are going to be an additional expense. So throw that into your budget. They're not cheap. Um, but nothing in plastic surgery. Nothing in plastic surgery is cheap. It's not cheap. So just know about it ahead of time and then plan to do it, talk to your surgeon, and all of the above can give you speedier, better results. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.